Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap and this internet-exclusive preseason podcast. Over the past couple of months, we've seen the league sign David Beckham from England. We've seen Clint Dempsey leave the Revs for Fulham FC in England. We've seen Jose Cancelo be drafted by Toronto in the expansion draft. We've seen the Revs bring in nine players in the Super Draft and Supplemental Draft. And we've seen them finalize their preseason plans. At the Revolution Invitation-Only tryouts that were held on February 2nd, we were able to get in touch with several of the coaches, as well as many members of the media, to see their opinions on the upcoming season. We started off by talking with Paul Mariner about the tryouts, uh, Beckham signing, and as well as what the Revs can expect this season. The upcoming preseason, obviously, you're turning to Bermuda. What do you expect to get out of that after doing last year as well? Um, well, I mean, obviously, with the, with the climate in Boston, it's very difficult to get out on, on grass. Um, you know, we're lucky enough to go up to uh, four kicks, which is fine, but you get a little bit stir-crazy after a while, so you want to get out and see some sunshine, a little bit of sunshine, some fresh air and some competition. So the facilities over there are fantastic. They welcome us with open arms, and um, it's, a, it's a tremendous training environment. Is it going to be an improved competition with the Galaxy going down there and uh, the new USL team? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think it's good for... Uh, for TNT Vacations, uh, the people that are sponsoring us, I think it's good for, um, you know, it's not going to be a full-blown uh, war out there. There's no two ways about that because both teams won't be ready. Um, but it'll be meaningful. It'll be, it's it's going to be good for us, yeah. And with uh, the Cancun trip, is there any word on whom you might be playing in that? No, no. Um, as I speak, there's, there's a few teams that we're waiting on, but... Not 100% confirmed, but that's obviously closer to the season. Um, you know, we'll be gearing up a little bit, bit harder for that. And looking at tonight, were there any players that stood out for you? Well, um, yeah, there's a, you know, a couple of players. Um, I mean, it's always difficult in this environment. Uh, we'll we'll go back now. We'll discuss the the players and the the pros and cons of it. Um, but, you know, to make the Revs roster is it's not easy. Um, you know, I mean, we have been fairly successful of late and uh, well, we have a, have a good roster. We're fairly pleased with the draft and um, we just have to wait and see and maybe get one or two players out of it. Is it hard to narrow it down to the 25 or so players that were invited? Yeah, well, not really. I mean, um, you know, you've got a bit of experience behind us. We can sort of, you know, look at players and assess it pretty quickly. But... Um, you know the players work very, very hard. It's it's difficult for them. They don't know each other, so it's it's we've got to take all that into consideration, and and that's what we're going to do now when we go back to the locker room. And we recently signed the three first round, three first draft picks from the yeah. Revs. And uh, what what do you expect to see out of them? Well, I think uh, steady steady improvement. I think uh, we're very happy with the with the players that we got. Um, I'm not quite sure about Byrne when when uh, when he's coming in, um, but but you know the reason we've drafted them is because we like them um, and we just think that they have bright futures. All we hope is that they come into the environment that we create and they'll they'll flourish. So we think they will. 
but you know, we're not playing the game anymore. It's up to the players. And are there any players from last year's reserve team that uh, maybe already didn't make the step up to the full team this year? Um, well, I think obviously we, we've already pleased with the way that uh, I mean, not that Jeff would played many. Jeff Lorenzo has played many reserve games last year. I just thought he did fantastically well. Um, Jeff will uh, solidify his position. Um, no, I mean the, the way we go about it, it's a clean slate when you come into pre-season. Um, obviously, the first team players will. Uh, the one hold on to the spot, but with the competition, it's a professional environment, so uh, everybody knows knows the stakes. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And the team still has the designated player spot and some allocations to work with. If there was any player in the world you could have on the team, who would it be? Well, I mean, regardless of money, or <laughs> well, no, you, you can't really answer that because it's. I mean, I've had this discussion before. There are only a certain number of players that can come into this league now. Um, Obviously, with the with the way the money is being structured, uh, players are coming available, but it's whether it fits our what we want. So um, it's a very difficult uh, question to answer. I mean, we're getting players almost daily that are being thrown at us, um, but, but again, it's uh, we'll have to wait and see. But we're looking. And we've seen Beckham's immediate impact with all the media attention. Yeah. Where do you think his lasting impact will be? Well, I mean, I, I hope that uh, you know maybe we see him in the final, but uh, uh, I certainly don't want him, want him to do so well that he he gets the better of the revs. But he's a he's a great guy. Um, I worked with him a long, long time ago at Preston North End when he's out on loan from Manchester United. Um, I think he's coming here to be successful. I think he can be can be an icon. I think that uh, you know obviously people want to have a chip at him for doing the various things, but. All, all we say, all Stevie and I say, is uh, positive things. We just think he's uh, he's going to be fantastic for this league, and 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 I hope fantastic for the Gallus. I really do. And that was Paul Mariner with his thoughts on the Revs' upcoming season and uh, the recent news out of the league. Up next, we had head coach Steve Nichol and how they've managed to whittle down from what really was an applicant pool of about 300 players who were interested in coming to this Revolution tryout who had sent in resumes and videos and how they managed to bring that down to only 25 players. How did you come up with the people who were invited here? Uh, people send resumes in uh, and we basically, you know, some of it's luck, some of it's unlucky for somebody that didn't come who may be better than somebody here but obviously we don't know everybody and we just kind of try and go through the resume. Uh, there were some people who didn't turn up tonight uh, which is disappointing. Um, because not only are they, are they harming themselves, but you know there's other people who would like to have come here that weren't invited. So you know if you're if you're going to, if you've been invited, make sure you get yourself here. And that was head coach Steve Nichol and his thoughts on how they managed to bring it down to so few players for this tryout, so such a large applicant pool. We also got to talk to Revolution director of communications and play-by-play commentator on both the radio and television broadcast, Brad Feldman, and what his thoughts on the upcoming season were. And, uh, the Revs' chances going into this year of repeating and maybe going back to MLS Cup? I think you got to start by saying that this has consistently been one of the best teams in MLS over the last five seasons. Uh, they made it to three of the last five finals, and they return most of their core players. So uh, from that vantage point, you'd have to say that the prospects are good. Uh, the X factor is that there's been a lot of change this offseason. You had the new team Toronto coming in. You had the expansion draft. And then you look at a team like the New York Red Bulls, completely restructured. You look at Beckham coming into L.A. and all the changes they're making there, and I could go on and on. They're, you know, 
I think that Columbus is going to be better. I, you know, I think that this is a, a different kind of a season, and it's going to make it interesting. Um, I think the Revolution stay healthy. Uh, you're looking at a team that still has you know, most of its best players back. And as great as Clint Dempsey was, he played 20 regular season games and missed most of the postseason last year. So the Revs were a penalty kick away from winning it pretty much without Clint. Clint was himself for about 12 minutes in that final. He didn't play you know, until he came out late as a sub, and then I thought he faded because of the ankle. So, and then Jose Cancelo wasn't a factor. So if you look at it from, from there, I think you, know, you have to say the Revs look good going into the season. You always lost those two players, but now you get a lot of money from Dempsey's transfer that you know, potentially brings somebody in. No, absolutely. I, I don't think that anybody's going to rush into anything. It's good to know that it's there. Um, but, you know, it also doesn't necessarily have to be applied to a player, it's, you know, or into one player or necessarily to even uh, the playing staff. So, you know, it's good to have, that the clubs get a bigger portion of that money, but there's no mandate that you then go turn around and buy another player. You think we're going to see Beckham at Gillette this season? Uh, I can't guarantee that, but you know I think that the chances are good that Los Angeles will visit uh, New England when he's joined the club. And was it a great way to open the uh, home stretch of the season with uh, Toronto coming the new team, as well as the uh, women's national team doubleheader with Mexico? The answer is yes. Yeah, it's great. I think it'll be cool to have a new team in there. I'm the kind of person who always likes to see the, the team turn out in, the, in their uniform, see you know, what the latest entry is. Uh, obviously, USA-Mexico is not the same as having the men out there, but you know, the U.S. women have had a proud history here in New England. They're, they have their own fan base that they bring in. I, I know my uh, six-year-old daughter is uh, very excited to, to go to the game, and uh, it should be a, you know, a great doubleheader. And, you know, I'm, I, I just, I'm interested to see this team that... Mo Johnson rolls out there with Bob Gansler assisting him. I think that's an interesting coaching combination. And we've seen Beckham's impact throughout the league with ticket sales and uh, media attention. Has there been an increase in media attention for the Revs? Yeah, I, I keep joking that the biggest media day that, that we've had here in terms of coverage uh, since I've been uh, in the front office staff was a day that I was in Indianapolis, but you had you know multiple TV cameras showing up at players' houses to get their comments. Uh, our CEO uh, Brian Bellello was on doing cable news. We had calls coming in from around the world for media looking for Steve Nickel and Paul Mariner, and even I got you know did a 15-minute stint on on EEI and sports radio. So uh, there was a lot of interest, a lot of ink outside of the sports pages, and uh, I think that you're just going to see that continue. And that was Brad Feldman and. His thoughts and feelings about this upcoming season for the Revs after really losing a key player in Clint Dempsey and a, another strong, you know, solid player that the Revs have been using in Jose Cancela. Uh, we also talked to Frank DeLapa of the Boston Globe and what his thoughts on the upcoming season were and who he thought would be the uh, really the ultimate player for the Revs to bring in with this new designated player rule. What do you see for the season? Yeah, I, I think the, they lose a lot with Dempsey, though, so... Um they got to replace him, and I would like to see what they're going to do there. And, uh, you know, other teams, you hear a little bit of a buzz about what they're going to do. I'm sure that the Revolution's thinking about it and working on it, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who might pop up in the next few months. And do you think the Revs made a good choice in their selection of the preseason? Yeah. Oh, as far as the, the draft choices? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, nobody really knows. It's, it's hard to say. If you would have asked me that about their choices two, three, four years ago, I, I wouldn't have known the answer. And those guys turned out to be, you know, most of them really good. So, yeah, I think they probably did better this time than they did last year. Let's put it that way. You think the Revs um, have a good setup as far as where they're headed in Mexico and uh, Bermuda again? You think that's a good choice? Right. Yeah, I think it's probably okay. You know, uh, that's... Uh, 
you know, they basically just get, need to get some good weather and get some competition. Uh, that's worked out for them in the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think it's probably okay. Um, you know, I think the main thing that, that uh, this coaching staff does is keeps everybody fresh, get them ready for the season, and then keep them, keep them fresh throughout the season. They don't overwork them. So wherever they go, you know, it's probably okay because they're not going to burn them out. And, uh, you know, I think you see that on the results on the field. You saw the tryouts tonight. Was there any... Do you think there are any players here that could have an impact on the Revs or maybe maybe uh, somebody that could make the team in the future? I think realistically, you know, anybody that's, you know, going to make it has is, is got a, got something going already. There's a rare one or two that might come out of this. Uh, they need guys for the reserve team and for the bench, and uh, one or two of these guys will probably be in there on that. And uh, that's not, not an insignificant thing because uh, the reserve team, actually, you can get a guy out of there that can help you, you know, and... Uh, developmental players. You get a couple guys that can actually help you there. So I would say maybe one of these guys might do that, but I couldn't say who. With all the attention from David Beckham, do you think the Revs will have to see an increase in maybe attendance this year? No, I don't know. I don't think Beckham will do it. You know, certainly the one game he comes would do it. They need to, you know, each team needs a couple guys like that, and I think that would do it. Um, you could really make the argument that all that money spent on him could have been spent on 20 guys that could make the, the league better and, and increase attendance. Uh, maybe not get quite as much initial attention, though. You know, it's uh, turned into like a real marketing deal. But uh, yeah, I think it, it might, it'll increase interest a little bit. But, you know, it remains to be seen how much. Who do you think would be the perfect player for the Revs to use this rule on? Yeah. Sort of like a fantasy uh, yeah. pick? I think Zidane would have been actually great. He turned down Chicago, apparently. I think that guy's still really, really, really great. He can really make a whole team better. Uh, lacking that, I would go in the other direction and grab somebody like Giuseppe Rossi that uh, from New Jersey, playing now in Parma, played for Man United, still Man United property, 19 years old. Um, he's, he's, he's a guy that I think people would come and see uh, for sure, even though uh, you know he doesn't have as much hype as some other people. That guy is the kind of people, he's the kind of guy that people would come and watch. And that was Frank DeLapa of the Boston Globe with his thoughts on potential player moves for the Revs and who they could possibly bring in and who his ultimate signing for the Revs would be. And now we have General Manager Craig Tornberg and his thoughts on the new youth initiative program that the league has started up and how that's going to affect the team. What do you think needs to be done to bring more interest and get more players into the league for the youth program? Well, I, I think automatically we've got a platform to get a lot of interest for the youth development because we've had the revolution here for the last uh, 12 years. I think that... Um, uh, as my comments earlier, what's happened is a lot of people are looking at what's happening with the Beckham announcement and the fact that we're putting a lot of attention in the top portion of that league, but where in effect the coaches, Mike Burns, Brian Bellello, the coaching staff, myself, have been doing a lot of thinking about what's happening from the youth development and reorganizing, not reorganizing, but actually organizing a very strong club that's going to draft young players that we're going to be able to protect. And that's as important to us in the long-term posture of this league as is that kind of sprucing it up with some of these international stars that you see like David Beckham or the return of guys like Claudio Reyna. If you look at the Red Bulls, formerly Metro Stars, as an example, we saw a guy like Gabriel Ferrari going off to Italy and uh, another player as well going off to Italy because uh, they weren't able to sign directly with the team. Is that something that the league is looking to eliminate with this new system? Well, that's just it. You would like to believe that uh, once the systems are in place where guys have, uh, you know, t- uh, very talented players have an outlet for themselves to get top games at a youth level, and then they'd also have an opportunity to crack first teams, then you would like to believe that those type of players are going to remain in the in the countries that they're that they're born and brought up in. And I think maybe uh, Murray's an, a, a 
a different case in this instance, but I think you're going to see a lot of other players like that that are going to come up through the youth ranks. I can think of a fellow, for example, like Charlie Davies that just went over to Sweden recently. I think that's a great example of a player who might have been able to play right into a first team because certainly he would have been protected in this area as an example if he came up through our youth program. And that was Revolution General Manager Craig Tornberg and his thoughts on the new youth initiative that the league has brought forward and how that's going to affect the Revs. And now we have Jim Dow of RevsNet.com and his thoughts as well on that same youth development program and who he thinks would be the ultimate signing for the Revs with their designated player role. Uh, upcoming season, we've seen already seen the Revs lose Cancela and Dempsey, but brought in nine players in the draft and looking at more players tonight. Where do you think it's going to happen this season? What are your expectations for the team? Well, first of all, I wonder where, how they're going to feed all those guys. Nine guys, that's a lot. Um, presumably, um, I don't know if they'll take anybody from, from the thing tonight, but presumably there'll be one or two more coming somehow. You know, uh, There might be a trade, there might be this, there might be that. Um, I guess the real, the real question is uh, that, that I'm mulling over is, is anybody going to show up for the big money? And that, I think, would change just about everything, you know, in terms of the dynamic. Uh, there's, such a, there's such a thin um, line between being good enough to play in this league and good enough to star in this league. But that thin line is, you know, between, let's say, $100,000 and $5 million. So where's the, where's the, uh, the law of diminishing returns? If you pay, if you pay, say, a five million dollar transfer fee or a ten million dollar transfer fee and a five million dollar salary to somebody who makes you 2.7 percent better and puts 1,200 more people in the seats, how do you justify it? I don't know. But yet, on the other hand, this this is a great story. Three hours after the Beckham trade or the Beckham signing, I was in the subway in New York. Panhandler came through the car and said, "If a soccer player can get 250 million dollars, you guys can give me a million." So, what I'm saying is that level of notoriety penetrated into a panhandler in the subway within three hours. So maybe it is worth it, you know. So I wonder if signing somebody at that, you know, somebody of real high-level notoriety, what that would do here. I just don't know. I was talking to Frank, and he said uh, he thought the ideal signing for the Revs, you know, in the fantasy world, would have been Zidane. Who do you think would be the ideal signing for the Revs? From the point of view of notoriety or the point of view of, uh, of efficiency? I think a combination would be important if the team was to spend that kind of money. I don't see, I don't see Zidane. I mean, I, you know, he's an idol, of course, but I don't, I, I don't see Zidane lasting a, a U.S. summer. I mean, the guy would drop dead. And that wouldn't do anybody any good. Um, I see maybe maybe somebody like Figo being able to come here and pace himself, but uh, you know, but he's an outside player, and Zidane's a middle of the middle of the field player. I don't I don't think you can play in this league in the middle of the field unless you're super 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 fit and in sort of the prime of life, or you're somebody like a Valderrama who could probably still be playing if he chose to. You know, I. Uh, so, so I think whoever whoever you would get, the ideal player would have to be a combination of really, really fit and bringing a, bringing something to the party that nobody else has. So maybe I don't know, Paul Scholes, that somebody like that, 
somebody who's who's so fit that he probably could still pull this building around, but at the same time would have a level of skill that nobody at this nobody at this on this team does bring some unique thing that nobody else can do. But you know, I was saying to somebody a, a little while ago, if you if you took Jay Heaps and just plucked him out of the lineup and put him in here, he would tear every one of these kids apart. You know, the guy is a really very, 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 very good professional soccer player. Who probably, if you took if you took him and put him in England and say played him in the uh, in the championship, would be a, a very good player in the championship. How many players are you going to get on the open market that are any better than Jay Heaps, who is a very, very, very good, solid MLS pro? Not necessarily an all-star, but a very good, solid MLS pro. And how many players are you going to get at that level for less than four or five million dollars? You know, transfer fee and salary. Are they going to bring many more people to the to the stadium? So I think I think the key is developing players here, one way or another. Whether whether any of these kids would, would have been good enough to develop, I don't know. But um, you know, developing players from this country who who are essentially very very cheap. So was the new youth initiative de- development program by the league a great step in that right direction? If they if the individual teams follow through on it, I mean, you already saw the. the, the Red Bulls or Metro Stars or whatever got one of their development players stolen had by two a now. European team. Two, Another two one? both the Serie A. Around the, I think they're both over the summer. Bowl. Yeah, so, you know, clearly. But um, they've invested, you know, they, for whatever, all the faults we can have with that, with that club or that franchise, they invested, they made the decision to invest in kids and developing kids, and it really worked. Um, unfortunately, they got stolen. <laughs> I think part of that was the fact that they would have had to have gone through the draft system the way the league was set up, and now with this new program, the team would retain the rights to this player. So, in that sense, I think it's a great move. Right, very good point. That the rule that by changing the rules, it, it makes it more flexible and it makes it possible to, to bring these bring these guys along. The question is, if it's if it's given up to the individual teams, then it's going to be subject to how effective or ineffective the individual teams are at doing it, which depends on scouting, depends on money, depends on all the variables that, that you know we both know. So if this team is able to do that, who knows? Maybe there, maybe there are enough kids in the six-state area or five-state area who would support a legitimate development team. I don't know. And actually, that's something I've been asking them everybody around here, what do they think? And, you know, the general sensibility sense I get is no, they're on. Even though, you know, my fantasy is that every immigrant community has some gem buried, you know, that there's some kid in Pawtucket right now who could play for these guys. Well, I'm not so sure if that's true. They used to say, uh, I, I remember Craig told me, uh, this is years ago, they used to bring guys down here to try out. They were the most, you know, they looked, they'd come out on this thing and they'd run around and they looked like fabulous. They'd bring a guy down from the Revs, who at that time were the ramshackle team in the league, right? He'd show up half asleep, 
with, you know, barely has his clothes on, uh, just got out of bed, come down and run the kid into the ground in five minutes and go home. So, you know, it is a question of how many, how many players or how many possible players there are in this culture that can play at this level that are outside the system that we already know. The system that we already know, clearly from the drafts that the Revs have done, is really good. You know, they've done good. They've gotten good players out of the sort of standard middle class and upper middle class club system. Is there enough of a community that exists outside that system to to be legitimate professional prospects in this in this country? I don't think any of us know. I don't think the people are being paid to know now because it's so totally impenetrable. There were kids when when Roy when my when my older son was playing for uh, you know a very high level club team that had a lot of kids that didn't pay to play that were on scholarship and we used to have to go to their apartments and you know literally bang on the doors to wake them up to come to games. You know we all fantasized that these kids could make it, but they would go up against teams that had Division One prospect kids, because this is an upper teenage level, the kids would hammer them, because they were in better shape, they were more focused, they wouldn't dribble the ball, you know, do the basketball version of dribbling around their back, you know, they'd just make the plays and do it, and so, I, I, I don't know, it's a fascinating thing to think about, because I would like to think that there are enough kids in this country to, you know, that operating outside the box to generate really flashy, wonderful professional players, but maybe there aren't. And that was, again, Jim Dow from RevsNet.com and his thoughts on the upcoming season. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today with their comments for the show, and I'd also like to thank all the listeners for their support of the show. As for next season, we are looking for a new radio station, and anyone who's interested in advertising, we'd love to have you. Please visit our website at RevolutionRecap.com, where you can find much more information on that thanks for everyone for joining us today and we'll be back next season and we might even have a couple more podcasts coming up before the start of the season so thanks for listening